Welcome to the Legacy Church Amelia Island podcast. We are so glad that you have joined us. Wherever you're listening from today, we believe that this message will help you to know God and leave a lasting legacy on this earth. have been looking forward to this night for so long. We've been planning, we've been thinking of you, and to be honest, um, we were a little bit nervous as we were planning because it's Florida. Are we going to serve hot cider in an 85 degree, you know, weather kind of night? And look, look at God. He, he sent the weather that we needed today. So it cooperated and it's already been a fun night and it's going to continue to be. And so, Um, As I was thinking through the message for us tonight, I wanted to make sure that I sought God for what he had for each of you. Not something that I could drum up or, or maybe something that was on my heart that I thought we could all hear, but to make sure that God was the one in charge tonight. And what astounds me is instead of giving me something that, you know, maybe it's seven steps to become a better, you know, parent or mother or, you know, sister, God he impressed upon my heart to make sure that each and every one of you know how important you are to him, how valuable you are to him, that he treasures you more than you know. And I'm just so grateful for a God that would give that to me to give to you. And honestly, if it can just come out the way he gave it to me, I have been um, touched as, as I've prepared this message, I'm reminded of how much God loves us, each and every one of us personally. And so that's my prayer for tonight, is that we take that in and that we understand that we have a purpose. Um, God has a purpose for us, and he is always thinking of us. And so the crux or the basis of this message, the passage that I just couldn't shake, that I kept on coming back to, is in Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 16 through 18. It says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And I'll take a break right there, because when I read this, I'm like, knowledge of God? So book knowledge? More facts about him? Is this what God is is wanting for us? And I even did a word study on on knowledge. Um, This was written in Greek um, from Paul. And that word for knowledge, um, it's completely different than what we think. It means to literally be drawn unto God himself, to experience him in a way. I mean, how how many of us know tonight that information about God is a really poor substitute for intimacy with God? That's what he wants from us tonight, is to be intimate with him in a way that we aren't with anybody else. And so I'll finish the verse as I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Wow, did you guys catch that last part? God considers us his rich and glorious inheritance, each and every one of us. And I don't know about you, but how many in the room tonight describe yourself in that way? When you're meeting somebody for the first time, when they're trying to get to know you, do you tell them, I'm God's rich and glorious inheritance? I don't. I mean, but it says it in God's word. It says it. And I know that we don't always feel 
like we're God's rich and glorious inheritance. We don't always think that we are. And truly, even circumstances in our lives might show others that we're not that. But I'm here tonight to tell you that we have to stop believing everything that comes into our mind. Every thought that comes into our mind, everything we feel, it's something that we do as women. God gave us these big old hearts, and that's a wonderful thing, but we feel so much, and we normally go off of those feelings. We normally believe them when they cross our mind. And so I'm excited that God said, tonight is a night that I want to pull my ladies aside and speak to you individually about how he values you. So in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, God reminds us, as we all think that we don't feel this way about ourselves, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. And God's feelings and thoughts about us are solid truth, the things that we believe are not. And so if you know me personally, um, then you know this, but if you don't, for the ladies in the room that don't know me, I'm Courtney, and Carlos and I have been married for, in February, it'll be 21 years, and we have three beautiful daughters. We have Anna, our oldest, Bethany, our middle, and Naomi, who's with us tonight, our little one. You can tell mom's been preoccupied today because her hair is not done. Dad tried. He did his best, but she's been to dance. She's been out serving at Legacy Center at America's Youth today, so it's been a busy day. And then Bethany will be on her way. She is having her first soccer game tonight, so you know I love you guys because I'm missing my baby's first soccer game, but there will be plenty more. Um, And Anna, our oldest, pray for me, y'all. She has left the nest. She is living in Boca Raton. She attends Florida Atlantic University. And so our life has changed in the past year drastically. We're a really close-knit family. We always have been. Actually, my two oldest girls, um, they're normally somewhat made fun of because people are like, are your parents your best friends? And they're like, yes, they are. And what's wrong with that? And I'm like, please stay that way always. And so we've had to become really creative with ways to stay in touch. Um, We're always trying to stay connected. We do voice memos. We do FaceTime. Praise God for FaceTime. I don't know how anybody had a kid in college before it, because to be able to see her face and hear her voice is so great. It's not a substitute for having her here, but at least I can see her, you know, and we have a family group chat that we text every single day. And the funny thing is, this will show you how far behind I am in technology. The other day, Anna renamed it to the Spicy Serranos. And I was like, where did that come from? Who did that? And she's like, Mom, I did it. And I'll show you when I'm home. You can rename all your group chats. And I'm like, yeah, girl, show me. That's cute. Spicy Serranos. And so every day at 3.33, we text each other and we remind each other how much we love each other. It's a touch point for us every single day. Sometimes we'll put a verse in there that we read, and it'll be for somebody else in the family, and it's just the sweetest thing. It does, Like I said, it doesn't, doesn't take away that she's not here with us, but we always try to stay connected. And one of the ways that she came up with, that it's actually Naomi and I's favorite way, is that she sends us her grocery hauls. You heard me correctly her grocery hauls. So I don't, the child's been watching too much YouTube because she sends these, these videos to us and it tells us exactly what she got at the store. Honestly, we're insanely jealous that she has a Trader Joe's where she lives. So join me in prayer 
that God would send to Nassau County a Trader Joe's, a Whole Foods, a, you know, Sprout, something, something cool like that, because they're great, and they have all these different things that, that we don't have, and so Anna, every 10 days to two weeks when she gets groceries, she'll send us a video, and it's to the point that now Naomi and I are so obsessed with these that Naomi has started to memorize them. She'll be like, Mom, this one next is strawberries, and then she's going to go to that granola, the new one that she got, and I'm like, this may, it's become a problem. We watch it too much. I could sit here and try to explain to you, but I think it would be best to watch it. She would absolutely kill me for this, but let's let's watch a real a clip really quick. <laughs> Happy Sunday to you. Right, we got a big haul. We're gonna feel like going through all of it because I just came oh. out all the grocery bags up the stairs. Because of course, conveniently the elevators are broken. Anyways, let's just get to it. So maybe just do the ones that Chicken, pork, boneless chicken breast. I don't know how to do. Um, I got some turkey burgers, chicken, whatever that name is. Um, it looks good. There's only seven bucks. It's like already too much weight. Like I just got to heat it up in the um, oven. Uh, what else? Um, long time. Alright, there we go. Pumpkin waffles. <laughs> Alright, Naomi, I am sure I'm not the only one home, but I will do this Trader Joe's haul for you. There's a whole lot, okay? So we'll start off with the smaller things. Got me a buffalo chicken wrap, you know, when I'm on the go. Um, we got buffalo chicken dip. Have some chickies to go with it. We love it. I don't know why they're blue. Hopefully they don't taste like it. Um, some butter, because I always use... Um, Abby's and she's mad. Okay, and then we got our yogurts, the classics. Can't go wrong with the yogurt. We got. <laughs> so we have oodles of those. It's hilarious and it's a way for us to stay in touch with her. And I showed you a cute little personal part of my life like that to try to illustrate to you that there is not one part of that video that I thought to myself, okay, Anna, you could have left that part out. You know, just get to the necessary stuff. What are your grades? Are you serving at church? You know, what, what's school like? No, no, no. She's my baby. If anything, I want more communication. I want to know what did you make with those random things that you got that none of it seems to make a meal in my head, but you know, how, how was your gym session today? How was your lab and who was your partner? I want all of that from her because I treasure and I value her and every single part of her life is significant to me. And I'm here to tell you that as a mother, with my earthly heart and my earthly mind, if I feel that for her, God feels infinitely more for each of us, for each and every one of us. So as I try to understand God's word at a deeper level, I always try to figure out what may be blocking or hindering me from understanding it or really taking it in. And so in this case, it would be viewing myself or ourselves the way God does, what would be the reason that I can't listen to that verse and truly believe it? And I believe that as you peel back the layers of why we can't understand or comprehend that, it all boils down to insecurity. Each and every one of us in this room are insecure in some way, shape, or form. And it, each and every one of us in this room have a deep need for security, to feel like our life matters, to feel like we're significant in some way. So as a result of this need that we have, we are all constantly doing two things. We're constantly evaluating and comparing. 
all day long, subconsciously, consciously. It's almost like an American pastime. We are constantly evaluating ourselves or comparing ourselves to others. And the problem with that is we judge ourselves in these false ways that the world tells us are important, and it has nothing to do with the way that God feels about us. And so tonight I want to just quickly go over those four ways that each and every one of us, in some way, we judge ourselves. And the first one is um, by appearance. And I know we'd like to say it doesn't matter, but for each of us, it's what do I look like? What do I look like to others? If I look good, you know, for the world standards, then I am good. If I don't look so good, then I'm invaluable or I'm insignificant in some way. And our society honestly doesn't help with this. I can think of three to four multi-billion dollar industries that say the opposite of this every single day. They pump into us either social um, media or the beauty industry or the fitness industry that your looks matter and your appearance matters. And God does not feel that way. I have a verse for us here. It's 1 Samuel 6.17. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. And praise God for that. <laughs> the second way that we judge or value ourselves is by affluence. What do I own? And this is the myth of materialism. And it tells us that if we have a lot, we must be worth a lot. And if we don't have a lot, then we're invaluable, or we don't have any value. And the dangerous thing about this is that we should never connect our self-worth with our net worth. Because what happens when we lose our job? What happens when all that we've put into investments tanks in some way, shape, or form? What happens when the income that comes into our family as a group changes drastically? I want you ladies to hear tonight that your value and your valuables have nothing to do with each other. The third way that we judge our value or worth is by achievement. What have I accomplished? If I reach a lot of goals, if I get a promotion, if I'm honored in some way, then I feel valuable. We try to achieve to prove that we're worthwhile. And the fourth way that we judge our value or worth is by approval. This one's tough. This one's tough because we all like to be liked. We want people to love us and we want to understand the way they think about us. This one is, if I'm popular, then I'm valuable. If I'm not liked by many, then I'm not very valuable. Or if I'm not liked by anyone, then I'm worthless. And if we build our worth on what others think of us, we'll be devastated. Or when others decide to criticize us, it'll shake our whole world. If we're honest with ourselves, some of us in this room have spent our entire life or way too much time of our life trying to gain the approval of someone. Whether that be a parent, a, a boss, a close family member, a friend... And honestly, if we haven't received it yet, we're probably not going to get it at all. But there's good news tonight. You don't need it to be happy. You don't need the approval of somebody that won't give it to you. In Romans 3.22, God said, Everyone who believes has God's approval through faith in Jesus Christ. The approval of God is not earned, it's received. And it doesn't come on a basis of merit, it comes on a basis of mercy of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So we can hear all of that, and we can try to take it in, but to be honest, even the medical world shows us through psychological studies that each and every one of us, 
We base what we feel about ourselves off of what we feel the single most important in our person in our life feels about us. And I don't know about you. Take your mind there. Who's that person for you? The most important person of your life, what do they think of you? I can be totally transparent with you tonight and say that for many years, especially in our early marriage, it was Carlos to me. And it was the sun rose and set on him. And if we were good, then everything was good. But if we weren't, then it wasn't. And I've come to give you advice tonight. I would ask that you make the single most important person in your life Jesus. Because his love for you is not circumstantial. It's not, if you love me, I'll love you. If you act this way, then I'll be good towards you. It doesn't work like that with him. And thank God that it doesn't. Jesus says, I love you no matter what. And to be honest, there's nothing you can do to make me stop loving you. That's the kind of love that he has for us. And so the problem with those four ways that we judge our value, our worth, that the world tells us we should, is that each and every one of them are unstable, they're unreliable, they they don't give us the security that we need. Because beauty fades, right? How many can give a testimonial to that? If you don't feel that way, come back to me in 15 years. I will tell you how beauty can fade. And possessions wear out. And honestly, you can't take them with you when you leave. And achievements are surpassed. No matter what goal you reach, somebody's always going to break your record. And honestly, there will always be someone who rejects you or dislikes you for no reason. And newsflash, that's their problem and not yours. So the only firm and solid foundation that we have to build our self-esteem and our self-worth off of is knowing how much we matter to God. And so to combat those four ways that we falsely judge ourselves, I want to talk about four ways that we matter to God and that he shows us through his word. Because if we can understand these, if we can grasp these tonight, I know it'll transform us. I know that we can live our lives in different ways, and we won't fall prey to living under the bondage of those things that we just discussed, achievements and and approval and appearance and all of that affluence. So four truths about how much we matter to God. The first one is no matter how insignificant I feel, Jesus notices me. And A couple examples, I mean, I could give a ton, but just in the Bible where Jesus noticed somebody that nobody else did, it's funny, um, Jaron Myers that was just here, he um, was talking about Zacchaeus, and it's a story we don't talk about much in church, but Jesus noticed him in this crowded street where nobody would have been looking out for this man that was so hated. Jesus noticed him and called him down from the tree to share a meal with him and to affirm him. And Jesus noticed the woman at the well who came in the middle of the day when nobody else was there as she was trying to hide from others. He noticed her there and he knew every single part of her life without her saying anything. And Jesus knew once again in this crowded street scene, the second the woman with the issue of blood touched him and he healed her instantly. And so in all of those examples, each of those people were ostracized They were hated by their peers. Um, They didn't believe in themselves, much less have the approval of others. But to Jesus, he noticed them, and they each had value in his eyes. And in this room tonight, we may feel disliked, unwanted. We may be in a dark place, either emotionally or spiritually. We may have dysfunction in our relationships. There could be many things that we're dealing with, but God notices you. He sent me tonight. This wasn't the word that I had together, but he sent me tonight 
to tell you that he knows you and he loves you and you matter to him. And there hasn't been a moment of your life that he's taken his eyes off of you. His word tells us in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And I love this one in Luke 12, 6 through 7. God never overlooks a single sparrow, and he pays even greater attention to each of you, down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. You matter to God, and he notices you. The second one is, no matter who ignores me, God knows me. Not just notices me, but truly knows me. And the enemy would love to twist this thought in our mind and say, well, if he knows me, if he knows me intimately and all of my shortcomings, the way that I still sin with the same way that I have for so many years that I said I won't do it anymore and I do it over and over again, if he, if he knows me in that way and I don't measure up and I fall short, then he would reject me or worse yet, forget about me, push me away. But in Isaiah 49, God asked this, Can a mother forget her nursing child? And if you are in this room tonight and you've nursed a child, not only will the child not let you forget, but your body won't let you forget. Can she feel no love for a child she has born? Even if that were possible, I would never forget you. See, I've engraved your name on the palms of my hands. And when I was studying this portion... It hit me out of nowhere. This is not me. I did not go to Bible college. But um, if you know your Bible, you know that when you get to heaven, you will have no more pain, no more sorrows. All of your scars, whether internal or external, will be gone. You'll be new in Christ. And you'll be with him. But when you look back at when Jesus came back to his disciples after he ascended to heaven, he still had his scars. He was able to show them scars in his side, the scars on his hand, the scars in his feet. If he chose, he would have fixed himself up while he was there. God would have taken those scars from him, but he kept them as a reminder, not to him. He knows what he went through. He kept them as a reminder to you and to me. How could he ever forget us? No matter what we do, how could he ever not want us when he chose to die for us? So in spite of our sins, Jesus loves us. And that leads me to the next point. No matter what I've done, Jesus wants me. Our sins make us feel guilty and unworthy. We've all done things that we're ashamed of. In Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the good thing is that Jesus is more interested in restoring us, not condemning us. Because what did he say in his word? He said, I didn't come to condemn the world, I came to save it. And so Jesus loves us just the way we are, but he also, also loves us too much to leave us there. If you've been with us in this last series, Cross has talked about progressive sanctification. And I am so glad that that's a thing, that God doesn't ask us the second that we are saved to just change in an instant. It's just not possible. But every day we can draw closer to him. Every day we can ask, God, can I have more of you and less of myself? I want to love the way you love. I want to serve the way you serve. I want to forgive the way you forgive. Remember, even though we've all made mistakes and fallen short, we haven't lost our value in God's eyes. 
He still wants us. I was going to bring a $100 bill up here for this next point, but Crows doesn't let me have $100 because he knows I'll spend it like that. It would be gone in a minute. Once you break it, I try to tell my kids that when they get, you know, something like that for a birthday or Christmas, I'm like, listen, once you break it, that $80, it goes right out the window. But if I had a $100 bill with me tonight and I ripped all the corners of it, just tiny little tears all throughout, and I held it up and said, who still wants this? We would, every single one of us, say that would still spend at Target. I want it. It still works. If I crumpled it up and stomped it underneath my feet in the dirt and pulled it back up and said, do you still want it? We'd all say yes, because no matter what was done to that $100 bill, it still has value. It can still be used. And honestly, each and every one of us is the same. No matter what we've been through in life, what's been done to us, what we've done to others, the way we've lived our life in ways that we wish we didn't, we can still be used by God. And number four, no matter what others say about me, Jesus affirms me. This one is so important. Like we said, we are all looking for affirmation from someone, from our loved ones, from those around us. People may misjudge us. They will. They'll speak ill of us for no reason at all. They'll dislike us for reasons that we don't know. But God's love is infinite, and it's far beyond what even the best of people are capable of. You know, when you think of somebody that is just salt of the earth, the best they could be, their love isn't even like a drop, not in a bucket, a drop in the ocean of the way that God loves you. God affirms us through his word. From Genesis to Revelation, this is full of affirmation and love for us. I, I, it's just, it's endless. I could sit here until next Monday night and read verses about how God loves us and it still wouldn't touch the surface. And as I hold this in my hands, I'm reminded of something that one of my favorite pastors, Lisa Harper, she always says, you need a good brick and mortar, brick and mortar Bible. This is great. Our, our iPads are great. Our phones are great. But we use that for so many things. We keep our pictures on it. We keep our calendars. It's not sacred in any way. This is sacred. This is sacred. And I pray that you mark it up, that it is jacked up if you want to say I'd rather it be jacked up than you this one this Carlos's I didn't bring mine with me tonight it's I mean it's taped in areas it's been through everything it has notes all throughout and we need to be close to the promises of God we need to have them at our hand and I pray that you mark it up and you put things in it so that you can look back over the years and say God was faithful here and he was faithful there and he pulled me from the pit here And I can help others that are going through the same thing because look what he did here. Like I said, I could sit here until next week and read verses about God's love for us and it wouldn't, it wouldn't work in the way that he can change our hearts and he can show us. One of my favorite verses of God's love for us is Isaiah 54, 10. It says, For the mountains may move and the hills disappear. But even then, my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. I'm so grateful that God continues to show us his love for us all throughout his word. It's amazing the way that he can open up our hearts in a way that nobody else can. 
I knew that tonight I wouldn't be able to convey it in the same way that he could, but I want to end tonight with the same way that I started. In Ephesians, that verse, I'm going to read a different version of it in, in that passage. It says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. And here's the part. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened, that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So this one says the eyes of your heart. And I'm one of those people that I'm like, I don't get that. What does that mean? The eyes of my heart. I can tell you that none of us get that. None of us get that. You know why? Because only God can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can open the eyes of your heart. Can make you understand the love that he has for you. I wish that I could convey it in a way that would settle with you and you'd take it out of here and it would carry you through your days. But I'm not able to open the eyes of your heart. Only the Holy Spirit can. And so that's my prayer over us tonight, ladies, is that we know how unbelievably valuable we are to God. He didn't just die for us. He died as us. And he would do it again for each and every one of us. And so my prayer tonight is that we would posture ourselves for God to open the eyes of our heart. Whether you want to pray in your seat or you want to come down to the altar and you want prayer for God to open the eyes of your heart so that the bondages that have held you for all of these years, that this is so hard to accept that you're his glorious and rich inheritance, it can be accepted tonight. And God can do the miraculous. That's something that I can't do. I can't pray for that to happen for you. It's only by the Holy Spirit that we could understand the love that he has for us. And I truly believe that if we can understand it and take it in, it will transform those around us because we'll live in an entirely different way. We won't need an army. We'll be a one-woman army because we can show others God's love, this love, this love that he considers us. He thinks of us, you guys. He thinks of us. He can't wait until we get to heaven with him. When you inherit something, when you love something, when you've made and formed that thing, I just think of my girls. No matter the distance, no matter what they've done, no matter even if they've hurt me personally, I can't wait to take them in my arms. I'm waiting at the door anytime I think Anna is coming home. And that's the way God feels. That's what he wants us to take in tonight. And so I'm going to pray for us right now that the eyes of our heart would be opened, that the Holy Spirit would come and do what only he can do, that he would convey to us in the way that only he can his love for us. Lord, we ask that you come now. We ask, Lord, that you heal the broken places in us, God, that make this message hard to take in. Whether we've done things to ourselves or others have done things to us that make us feel invaluable, that make us feel like our life doesn't matter, and we still haven't amounted to the things that we thought we would by now, Lord. 
Oh God, take the pain. Take the sorrow. Take those feelings, Lord, and replace them with this love that we discussed tonight, God. Show us your value over our lives, Lord, so that we can walk that out. And it would be so evident in our lives that others would see it in us, Lord, that they would want the peace and the love and the joy that we have, God. Lord, we're grateful for the ways that you show us in your word that your love, it's radical. It's something that our minds can't even fathom. Even as parents, we can't even fathom the way that you love us, God. We're thankful, God, that your love is relentless, that it chases us even when we run from you, God. That you first loved us. It's not that we found you, God. You loved us all along. And you met us at our darkest place, God. You made us new. And I pray over our women, God, that they would know how valuable they are in your eyes. And that this would just be the start of something new for us, Lord. That we would be a family of women who leave a legacy on this earth. Not in a cliche way, Lord. Not not just because that's the name of our church, God. I pray that we don't just leave a legacy for ourselves and for our families, but we leave a legacy of love, the kind that you give us, God. That we serve well. That we love our community well. That we turn the other cheek when it's hard. That we forgive when it doesn't make sense. That we give with a joyous heart, Lord that we trust in you for all that we need, God. We see you as the Father that you are. I pray that we run this race together as women. I pray that we lock faith with our sisters in Christ. And when we're low, that we have somebody there with us. That if our faith is is waning, that theirs can lift us up. Oh God, I pray this over us tonight that you would do a miraculous work in us, God, something that we could never do on our own, Lord. Thank you that you love us the way that you do, King. Thank you for tonight, God, that this is the word you put on my heart, was to show your daughters that they are treasure in your sight. We love you, Lord. We thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. (laughs) We hope that you are challenged, impacted, and blessed by the message today. For more information, please visit LegacyChurchAI.org or take a moment to follow us on Instagram at LegacyChurchAI.